0: Comeback! F- rage! Sports Rage with
1: Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want.
0: Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down the Monday night the meltdown begins now as the Los Angeles Rams improve to seven and three. A 27-24 victory over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay a uh, Buccaneer, Shaw McVay improves to 32 and O when leading at the half. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty, uh, but the Rams, I uh, get it done. And I believe the, uh, the extremely good looking, uh, gentleman on, on sports grid. I don't, I don't know his name. I think he's on at like six o'clock Eastern time. A uh, bald guy, smart guy. I don't know his name. Smart guy. Good looking dude. Um, I say that with all confidence in my heterosexuality, but, uh, Yeah, bald guy, smart dude, on at like 6 o'clock on uh, that Sports Grid Network. I believe he said it was going to be a 27-24 football game, but it was a 27-24 football game. But I believe the bald dude also said the Cooper Cup was going to go off uh, this evening. Yeah, Tom Brady finds a way to screw the bald guy, doesn't he? As I took Tom Brady in-game over passing yards, and I should have just taken in-game Tom Brady interceptions. But that's another story. We're going to break down the NFL picture. And uh, we've got not one, but uh, not two, but three NFL football games on Thursday. But do we? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have COVID issues, yet the National Football League uh, isn't uh, as accommodating as the SEC or some of these college conferences are. Uh, you know what? They take the um, they take the uh, the goodfellas approach. Oh, there was a fire? Yeah. Uh, F you, pay me. Oh, too bad. You got arrested? F you, pay me. Oh, you got COVID? Well, too bad because you're playing on Thursday night. And, oh, yeah, you're playing against a team that's 10-0 and as uh, the Baltimore Ravens going to be without Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's got uh, COVID uh, right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins got COVID right now. You have to wonder who else has COVID. It's a short week uh, this week. The National Football League says they're not going to cancel uh, the football game, at least as of uh, right now. We're going to break it down with Paul Bovee and suddenly this Dallas-Washington game on Thanksgiving is a first-place football game the winner of that train wreck the turkey thanksgiving special which will be live on these radio affiliates throwing it down with a raging redhead cam Steward, a special thanksgiving edition of in game live is suddenly a first place game and I'll tell you what I like the cowboys how about them cowboys George Kurtz is going to step up in it and talk folks football Paul Bogey runs the gauntlet you know how we do it the Monday night meltdown has begun bring it
2: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Marenzi. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners. And I know the winners. So call me now. whoa $5 $5 for the first
1: minute. $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my M.A. Mm-hmm. Versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not Cincinnati. Day. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? We- Monday Night
0: Meltdown has begun. I am Renzi throwing it down. We pick up the pieces. Week 11 of the National Football League is done. The Los Angeles Rams, a football team that we've told you, plays up or down to the level of competition. And uh, the Rams play their best football against better football teams. And uh, the Rams also play their best football on the highway. as uh, they cash another ticket uh, on the road. Sean McVay now 32-0. and 32-0 when leading at the half. And uh, the game could have been tied at the half, uh, but... Uh, they kicked a field goal with a second remaining. Um, so we had a good night uh, tonight. It's nice to uh, be on the right side of a primetime uh, contest. As uh, I told you guys for the last couple of weeks that I'm starting to buy in to the Los Angeles Rams uh, right now. And it was about a month ago that a guest that joined us uh, right now identified the New Orleans Saints as a sleeper. We were looking, identifying, looking for, for value odds. And, uh, you know, the Saints were 13 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They were like plus 750 to win the NFC and the number drastically changed over the next couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks ago, we said, Hey, now the Rams are 10 to one guys. Paul Bovey steps up and in, in Los Angeles, Paul Bovey covers experts. Always a pleasure. Paul, how are you doing tonight?
1: You know, I want to rant a little bit myself, Gabe. Okay. I had plus four fifteen that the game would be tied at halftime. So That one second, that measly one second uh, did me in just like that measly one yard in the UCF Cincinnati game because I had the running back over 97.5 and he landed 97 despite two additional tries after mysteriously running out of bounds at the one yard line and by the way I do have the Saints at 16 to one 16 to one and I believe they are the best team in the NFC because they actually have something that's lacking in the NFL these days and that is a defense and we can say the same thing about the Los
0: Angeles Rams and if the Rams have a defense
1: as well that's
0: that's one thing I I, I could give it to you if we're doing power rankings at the Saints now I want to get your take on the Rams But as far as bad beats, and listen, Paul, we talk about it every time people lose a bet, they think it's a bad beat. But I know you've been to hell and back when it comes to this stuff, and you, so you get screwed over. You got a tie (laughs) when Robert Woods is running. You think you've got it. You're like, oh my God, there's no way Uh he's going to be able to get down in time. And uh, I don't know if we've lost, uh, Paul, but uh, if we can fix that, yet, you know, I've had a million different bad beats, all right, like from a million. Kansas City Chiefs last night, first uh, first half uh, over. Kansas City Chiefs, 16 and a half. They march down the field. Mahomes has the football on like the 15-yard line. Whatever. All they need to do is kick a field goal. Robinson falls down. He throws the interception. I lose the bet. <laughs> I lose the bet. Like you, you can't make that up, right? You, you can't make that up. Now, Paul brought up Cincinnati and UCF. If you guys think that Tulsa and Tulane stuff uh, was whacked, then you didn't see the the UCF, which was the weirdest thing ever because UCF was trying not to score, but the kid did try to score. So I don't understand it. Like he ran all the way to like the the, the, the half yard, like the the goal line, and they stopped him. I don't know why they didn't let him in. But I was on UCF and I had the over in that game, so uh, we were glad about that. But Paul, I've had all kinds of bad beats. Kansas City Chiefs last night, 16 and a half, first half was a brutal one. You know, Mahomes throws the pick. That was rough. How about this last night, Paul? I had uh, Carr over 284 and a half passing yards uh, in game. He's at 275. They get the ball back with 30 seconds left. He throws an interception on the first pass. You know, I could go on. Uh, I, I could go on. Uh, I, I was on the Bengals to win the football game. Joe Burrow gets knocked out of the game. Obviously, that was the end of that. I mean, I, pretty much every one of my losses is going to be a bad beat ball. It's just the way that it is.
1: I don't know where uh, I got dropped there, but losing on that running back. Look, I, I did take back some uh, UCF plus money because I knew they'd go for the two-point conversion. So it, it wasn't a total whitewash, but losing that running back over the 97 and a half uh, yards was absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, I went down in flames on that Cincinnati game as well. And I had the Washington team total over 23 and a half. And there was no sense of urgency to put any points on the board after Joe Burrow went out and Ryan Finley. I don't even know how he's in the NFL and it's showing up in the line this week because, that game opened up, I think. I actually played it at three and a half, or at th- or three on a buy down from three and a half on the opener, and it's now skyrocketed to six because Ryan Finley doesn't even belong in the NFL. Uh, it, he had a few games last year, and it was literally embarrassing. It was Carson Wentz on steroids at this point. He doesn't belong in the NFL, and uh, I don't know how Cincinnati's going to compete, but. At this point, the year is uh, you know it's over for them. They just got to get Joe Burrow healthy and and hope that he comes back at full strength. You know the
0: it's interesting after after week 11 uh, right now when you look at the NFC East and we'll get into the NFC East picture and Hello. how big suddenly how big suddenly the uh, the Dallas game is. All right, we obviously have problems with Paul Bovey and uh, and our phones uh, here this evening. We can hear him. But uh, evidently he does not hear us. So, can we uh, can we uh, fix this? Just hang up and uh, try to try to figure it out, uh, guys. I know that Scotty Farrell show had problems with the phones uh, tonight as well. But um, you know, fool me once, shame on uh, what is it? Fool me once, fool me twice, and all that. I can't handle a third time, Yang. So, uh, let's let's figure it out or move on. Um, so. I you know looking at the looking at the NFC East picture and as I was stating Thursday's uh Thursday's football game between Dallas and Washington and everything is falling into place for everybody else in that division except except <laughs> for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like if you look at like the way things are playing out right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are getting worse all right by the day. Like they're getting worse. Peterson's actually admitted, yeah, we got problems with Carson Wentz. We'll get to that a little bit later. He said we got to fix Carson Wentz. Yeah, hey, no, no kidding. You got to fix yourself as well, Peterson. But if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they're falling apart. They've got a million injuries. Their morale is at an all-time low. Carson Wentz's confidence is shot, and their schedule is a bitch. All right. So they don't get a reprieve. Now they get now they get the Seattle uh, Seahawks. And uh, Paul, are you having a hard time hearing us? Because As I just stated, Yang, I don't want to go through this a third time here. Are you having a hard time hearing this, Paul? Are you there, Paul? Hello. Are you there, Paul? All right, no. As I just stated, Yang, I don't want to do this for the third time, bro. I've been in this business long enough to know if the phones don't work, they don't work. (laughs) We We had a smooth show last night. In a smooth show last night, uh, but uh, what, what time is it? Well, it's Monday. It's Monday, mark mark it down. This is this is when the breakdown uh, began. So uh, yeah, as I stated, like please let's work it out before he gets sent back to me. All right. So as I was stating, the uh, the NFC East picture right now, the NFC East picture is um, is wide open. The Philadelphia Eagles play the Seattle Seahawks this week, all right? So they play the Seahawks this week. They're not beating the Seahawks. The Seahawks have problems right now. The Seahawks have flaws right now. But the the Philadelphia Eagles are the perfect tonic for, for Seattle. It's not the other way around. It's not like Philadelphia is like, all right, listen, things are going really bad, but we've got Seattle coming to town. No, it's not good news. Yet if you look at the New York Giants, as Paul Bovee was just saying, if you look at the New York Giants, they get Ryan Finley at the quarterback position. It's a big ass difference between playing Joe Burrow and, uh, and Ryan Finley. All right, so suddenly the New York Giants right now are five point favorites in FanDuel. And we'll get into the Cowboys and the Redskins. The winner of that game is in first place. Late Night Anger Man Quick continues.
1: Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No, don't come over here.
0: Uh, oh, boy. Late Night Anger management class uh, continues. I am Gabriel Marenzi throwing it down. We apologize uh, for the phone uh, connection uh, issues uh, here this evening. Like I said, uh, I was supposed to be on Scotty Farrell show this evening, uh, but uh, we had a hard time. We had a hard time getting through, so let's just uh, move on uh, from this. Uh, we'll, we'll reschedule with Paul bovi later in the week. George Kurtz uh, will join us uh, later on, I believe, via our private our, pr- our private hotline. Uh, so, I think Kurtz. Uh, we should be all right with Kurtz a little bit uh, later on. Um, so, our apologies to uh, to Paul Bovi and all the bovi maniacs out there, including myself, including myself. But my father told me something. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, he told me once, I don't know, I was upset about something when I was a kid and he told me, get used to it. Life is full of little disappointments. <laughs> uh, truer words cannot be spoken. Yeah. Life is full of little disappointments, such as, you know, Tom Brady not going over the number today um, with the end game. It's amazing. Like, even when I bet against this guy, he manages to screw me. All right? Like, even, even when I bet, like, against him, and I jump in. I'm like, all right, dude, you're down by a bunch of points. You're going to have to throw the football. No, he throws interceptions. He throws interceptions. You know, I told you guys, Tampa Bay are good, but they're not great. All right? Tampa Bay are a playoff caliber football team, but they're going to get bounced. Like, they're not going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. And as we were talking about with Paul Bovee, um, you know, he's he's sticking to his guns with the Saints here. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. but. When we talk about teams that are just sort of consistent and it seems like the Rams are starting to find their, they're they're starting to find their space right now, right? They're starting to find a little bit of a recipe of what they're looking to do. It used to be extremely predictable. They'd run play action all the time. That was their deal. They'd run the ball and then they'd run play action like 58% of the time. And people figured it out and caught on right? So now the Rams, I like the new approach. I thought the play calling was very good this evening from Sean McVay and company. Um, I didn't like a play call or two on third down. I don't understand. They're not the only ones that do this, but I don't understand when it's like third and eight and you throw it behind the line of scrimmage. You know, I get it. Like, you want to get your guys in space and stuff like that, but you do that on first down. Like, the Rams had a play once tonight with Robert Woods. It was doomed. Like, it had no hope in hell. Like, and I don't understand. It came out of a timeout too with it. So it's like really you're out, you came out of a timeout on a third and seven or whatever to throw it backwards to Robert Woods, who got nailed right away. But I thought the play calling was good. You notice the Rams, they're more conservative. They run the football. They play smash football. and they mix it in with some deep passes. I like, you know, I like the recipe that they have going on uh right now. I do. I think they're a dangerous football team. And, you know, listen, anybody can beat anybody in the playoffs. But it's better to win more games in a regular season and put yourself in a position. Um, you know, it's better to have a better record, play less games, play easier teams, et cetera. So these games count. And Tampa's got to be careful. Like it's no, you know, Tampa, Tampa's not um, Tampa's not locked in right now. All right, Tampa's not locked in right now. And speaking of which, I think it's interesting to take a look at this if the playoffs started today. All right. Now, when we look at the playoff picture, the National Football League right now, there's some things that can change, but at the same point in time, things are starting to fall into place right now. And a good example is Tampa. All right, basically, a- and you know, Tampa is almost like locked in to play against the team that wins the NFC East division. When you look at the seeds right now, set, you know, and if you look. Like, are the Chicago Bears catching Tampa? Probably not. Right, you know, are the Chicago Bears catching Arizona? No, probably not. No, right. So when you look at the the playoff picture, when you look at the playoff picture in the in the NFC, it's it's starting to take shape a little bit right now. It really is. It's starting to take shape a little bit right now. Like, how many teams are catching the Saints right now at eight and two? How many teams are gonna catch the Saints at eight and two? There's you know all right the the Packers are 7 and 3, the Rams are 7 and 3. The Seahawks are they catching them? No. I don't think so. So, you know, can we pencil in the Saints to be the one seed? Not quite, but it's getting there. Uh it's getting there. If the playoffs started today, the Saints would have a bye. The Cardinals are in. The Cardinals would play the Rams. The Rams would be the two seed. It would be the Cardinals against the Rams. Um, now with the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers have just shifted, actually, to the sixth seed and would play the Packers, who are the three seed, and Seattle uh, would get the winner of the NFC East. As far as the AFC is concerned, obviously, Pittsburgh has the bye. As good as Kansas City is, they don't have home field right now. And things are lining up for Pittsburgh. People thought, nah, Pittsburgh can't run the table. Nah, like it's too tough. The division that they play in, they can't do it. I don't know. You're getting Baltimore right now in a pretty weak spot. You know, without their running backs due to COVID, you have to wonder who else is going to get tagged uh, over the next couple of days with the Ravens. And it looks like the NFL is going to force them to play no matter who's missing. So the Steelers are the one seed. The Raiders would actually play the Chiefs guys in the playoffs. It would be the Raiders and the Chiefs, the Browns and the Bills. The Browns and the Bills. I actually remember. The Browns playing the Bills in the playoffs and old school Bill fans, you're going to have, you You guys will remember this one. Carver would probably know this. Who's like, uh, who's a hardcore Bill fan amongst us? Do we have any hardcore, uh, hardcore Bill fans uh, in the house here? But if you guys remember, that was the game that Don Beebe landed on his head. <laughs> you guys remember that? Don Beebe landed on his head in the playoffs against the uh, the Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns. It was before it was before the Bills made the Super Bowls. Like people don't realize but like, when the Bills made the four Super Bowls, they were in the playoffs a couple of years before that, too. You know, going through the growing pains, they lost to Cleveland. And in fact, oh, God, I just had a horrible flashback. I just got like goosebumps and chills. I'm going to say the guy's name right now. Good player, but at the time, everybody hated him for not catching the ball. Ronnie Harmon. That was the Ronnie Harmon game. That was Don Beebe landed on his head. (laughs) But when I say landed on his head, I'm talking about guys. Like the the Bill's wide receiver, Don Beebe, caught the ball and got flipped in the air and literally like, like a video game. He landed on his head, basically, and like bounced. Like he dropped the ball. And then the Bills like, could have came back late, and Ronnie Harmon that went through his hands in the end zone. Yeah, the Ronnie Harmon game. <laughs> like people think the Bills is just the Super Bowls. Like no, no, it's not just the Super Bowls. Like there's there's been a lot of heartache. Yeah, the Ronnie Harmon game. <laughs> I never forget that. The ball was in his hands too. It was like it wasn't like it was right at him and he dropped it. It was sort of like one of the uh, you know the the fade patterns in the end zone that never work. I hate that play. I hate it. It's a mini Hail Mary. But the thing is, he was actually open, and he was there, and it went, like, right through it. Like, it went right through his, his arms type thing. You got a Ronnie Harmon game. That's the game Don Beebe. So the Cleveland Browns will play the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills would beat the Browns, but the Browns are good. I don't I don't discount them. The Bills would beat Baker Mayfield and Buffalo. The thing is, though, guys, you have to, like, take into consideration here, how much does home field really mean this year? like in the playoffs, you know, not the same, not, not the same, unless, you know, there are going to be more fans in the stands come playoff time. You know, that, that's the thing. You know, I think home field, it's still important. You'd still rather play at home because you'd rather just not travel and stuff, right? You'd rather control the narrative. You'd rather control the narrative, but let's take a look at this. Actually, let's take a look at this. And, um, and see as far as you know our team struggling at home more so than others you know look buffalo is 4 and 1 at home would they be 5 and wouldn't really like would the buffalo bills be 5 and 0 oh at home if they had fans probably not like would anything be different right like would any would, would anything be different for for the buffalo bills like the bills are are 4 and 1 they don't have a single damn fan at the games And the Buffalo Bills, you could argue, are one of the teams that you're like, wow, you know, they're going to miss the fans because, you know, that's a pretty crazy environment. Like, sir, look at think about that. The Buffalo Bills are four and one at home. The one game they lost at home was to the Kansas City Chiefs because, oh, yeah, for sure. If Bill's Mafia were in the stadium, they would have beaten the Chiefs for sure. Right. No. Like what was different? You know, so I guess not nothing there. You know, Miami three and two at home. New England is uh, three and two at home. The Jets are zero and five at home, but the Jets could be zero and five with their fans or no fans. Pittsburgh's five and zero at home. Cleveland's five and one at home. Cleveland have fans, but limited fans in attendance. Uh, but they're five and one at home. Baltimore's two and three at home. Four and one on the road. I don't know if that's due to fans or just an anomaly of the fact that they just you know they play tougher teams at home, etc. Uh, Cincinnati. You know, look, Cincinnati are two and two at home. So, you know, we're seeing actually there's not any big sort of different discrepancy. So home field still kind of matters in the National Football League, at least relative to what it did, because home field advantage matters a hell of a lot less now in the modern era over the last couple of years than it has in the past. All right. It just in fact, and in fact, home teams won less last year than they did like ever. It's you know home the road look tonight. There were fans there. The Rams went on the road and won. You know, I mean like ooh, there's fans. The whole fans thing is overrated. It really is. Classic example is guys Arizona and Seattle the other night. Arizona had like seven false starts. It wasn't due to the 12th man. There was no 12th man. There's no fans. Kind of kills the myth of the 12th man almost, doesn't it? Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem
1: Globetrotters? Oh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it, take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder for God's sakes.
0: Late-night anger management class. I am Renzi throwing it down uh, here on the uh, the Monday night uh, meltdown uh hopefully we're able to get George Kurtz on in uh, level 2 uh, we're going to try to reconnect uh, with Paul Bovee, uh later in the week uh, but Paul uh Paul uh did uh did um, jump in on the LSU over uh Ohio State uh as well and uh, Toledo um so um that's what Paul Bovee, uh jumped in uh this week Baltimore Ravens Pittsburgh Steelers Paul laid the points with the Baltimore Ravens. That's what we were going to get to. He jumped in. Like that's the thing, Paul jumps in early on these games, and you know the Pittsburgh Steelers. uh Pitt- Pittsburgh Steelers uh, were three point favorites, and, and I thought it was low, and then it was three and a half, and it's continued to climb uh, due to uh, due to the COVID. And I see Paul has uh, pulled the trigger on Toledo. Uh, as well, the Toledo Rockets. Unfortunately, there's no Mac football uh, tomorrow. So, all right. So hopefully we've gotten everything out of the way. I just, I have flashbacks all the time to, you guys remember about 15 years ago, it was uh, it was about, I don't know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, the classic Herb Dean. And I've lived the classic Herb Dean thing like one too many times in my life. And I don't fall for it the third time. I don't even like it the second time, but we have to do it the second time. And basically, this is going back, and I was doing a show. Cam Stewart was there. I'm doing a show live, all right, before a UFC card. And the UFC, like we're in the city where the UFC is. We're in Montreal. (laughs) And the UFC is at the arena. We're at a bar, I don't know, like three, four blocks from the arena, all right? And we did a bunch of shows. Like we were hosting an after party. I remember in the old days of UFC, we used to have these like big after parties all the time. And uh, you know, like Ariani Celeste with the with the Octagon girls and stuff. Like Heath Herring, Ariani Celeste, um, Forrest Griffin, you know, like a bunch of bunch of UFC fighters and stuff. We used to always like host these these big events, uh, these big parties. That was a really good time that night, actually. I'll tell you an hilarious story about that night. So, so, anyways. We do a show like Friday night and we're doing a bunch of shows and stuff and everyone's sort of getting worn out and they want us to do a show like before the cart. And we're like, this is a dumb idea, right? Like, this, is, you know, like the bar is even closed. So we have to go to this bar that's closed. We're doing a show. We have all these UFC fighters and the Octagon girls there. <laughs> and Herb Dean, Herb Dean is on the line. So we have Herb Dean on the phone. So Herb Dean's like at the arena type thing. I don't know, hey, Herb Dean's coming on the phone, right? It's like, you know, 4 in the afternoon before the card or whatever. So we got Herb Dean on. So I'm like, uh, hey, Herb. And I go through this big, big, like, introduction. Uh, Herb Dean, uh, you know, great, great referee, Herb Dean. Uh, Herb Dean was a better referee before, I'll say that. (laughs) All right. But Herb Dean. So I go on this big introduction for Herb Dean. How you doing, Herb? Herb Herb Dean's not there. All right, Herb Dean, we all sort of get a laugh. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, it's radio, I didn't laugh. I'm told in my earpiece, and Cam can hear it. Heath Herring can hear it. I think Kenny Florian was there. Like we're all there, and we can hear. All right, uh, Herb Dean, he's back. Uh, Herb's there. Herb's there. I'm like, all right, we got Herb Dean back. All right, hey, 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 Herb. So I just and I repeated my question again, like, and then silence, then silence. Herb Dean was not there. Second time. I'm starting to snap a bit. All right. And I should note, like, we're on satellite radio too. So the F bombs are dropping. All right. So <laughs> we're on we're on serious. So I'm starting to drop F bombs and I'm starting to get mad. All right. I'm like, listen. All right. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this if you know. I'm like, no, no, no. No, no. I'm like, we're, we're done with Herb Dean. All right. We're not. No. <laughs> Lo and behold, you know, I get the no, no, no. I'm telling you. I swear. I promise you. It works. The phones work. Herb Dean, he's ready to go. I go to Herb Dean. He's not there the third time. Complete meltdown. Basically, we lost all our UFC fighters. Everybody got up and said, I'm going to the arena. <laughs> Everybody said, I'm going to the arena. I'm out of here. And everyone's like the same thing. Stupid idea to do the show. Now. I told you it was a stupid idea. And I'm like, I know it was a stupid idea. Like, you know, we pissed off a bunch of UFC fighters. <laughs> and so this is the best part. Everybody didn't go to the arena, so me, Cam, and uh, Heath Herring, all right? Me, Cam, and Heath Herring are in the bar after, and we're like, wow, you know, it's, it's a little early to go to the arena, so let's go back to the hotel. Like, our hotel was right up the street, so we go back to our hotel, uh, let's just say we were partying, all right, pretty hard, like very hard, like old days hard, all right? So, like, we were, like, we were blitzed, man, like, so... Like we, you know, so we stumble out of there. It's like seven o'clock at night. We're like, all right, let's go to the arena now, guys. And we're pretty (laughs) messed up, like all of us. All right. And we walk out of this hotel, and you can't make this up. Like basically, like six hot stordust flight attendants in their outfits, like Swiss Airlines or something. Like six knockout flight attendants, (laughs) like walk in the lobby of the hotel as we're walking up. And Cam Stewart, I wish this was on film. Cam, even Cam Stewart, who's not like a big sort of, hey, baby, type of guy. But it was one of those moments where, like, you just couldn't help. But like, oh, like, oh, my God. Like, everybody was like, oh, my God. Like, everybody turned type thing. (laughs) And Cam, Cam fell off the sidewalk. All right. So Cam twists his ankle. Cam twists his ankle sort of off the sidewalk as he's staring at these stewardesses. So Cam's a big dude. So Cam falls down. All right. Like, boom, he's a big guy. So Cam twists his ankle looking at the girls. He falls down on the sidewalk. Cam's then lying on the ground, basically like acting like Vince Carter after a foul. You, I think Cam played soccer when he was a kid because Cam is hamming it up. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, my ankle, I think it's broken. Like Cam is like, and he won't get up. He's like, I can't get up. I think my ankle, what did I do to my ankle? So Cam's all flipped out and stuff like that. And Heath Herring, Heath Herring looks at Cam. He's standing there, and Heath Herring looks at Cam. And he goes, listen. He goes, listen. I was once lying down like you. Uh, he goes that the only difference is I had Fedor Emelienko kicking me in the head, kicking me in the face. He goes, you know what I did? I got up. (laughs) Cam's lying there. Heath Herring's talking about how he had Fedor stomping on his head once, and it wasn't that big of a deal, so suck it up and get up. He's like, listen, I got up. I had Fedor kicking me in the head. Heath Herring's yelling at Cam. It's too good. Like I'm dying. I'm crying, laughing. right? Cam's like lying on his. I knew Cam was all right. I knew Cam was all right. And uh, he's like, I got kicked in the head ten times, man. I, Come on, man. He's <laughs> so he's bitching at Cam. So we help Cam up. Cam gets up. Cam tells us like a, like a trooper, like a like a, like a like a warrior. Cam uh, Cam uh, uh, Cam tells us. He goes, listen. He goes, I can't go on right now, guys. He goes, I know you guys don't want to get there for the early fights. He goes, man, I just I need to sit down for a couple of minutes. I'll be fine. I'll see you guys at the arena. All right. I'll see you guys at the arena. So we're like, I, I knew. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. So of course, Cam never shows up to the arena, right? He has good good seats too. Cam never shows up to the arena. And All night, we're thinking we're worried about him, and we're, like, texting him, and there's no response. And even Heath Herring, like, we're sitting there ringside. He's like, you think I was a little hard on him? You know? (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. He's all right. He's laughing. No, no. He's like, you think I was a little hard on him? That's why he didn't come? Because, you know, I called him those names. (laughs) I'm like, no, no." no. I said, no. I said, I bet you. I said, I bet you. Uh, I said, I bet you he's like in the room. And I said, I bet you he went to the casino or something, bro. And I said, I said, he's fine. He's just not here. I said, he's up to something. And I told I told he I said he's fine. He's just up to something, or he's just not here. Cam was not a big UFC fan, anyways. So so after we go and we do the live show at the bar. So the UFC event happens. After we gotta go to this UFC party after. All right, you can't make any of this stuff up. So basically Cam shows up at the event because he's getting paid to. So like he he didn't screw out of that. So he showed up to the event. He showed up to the event after and the bouncers wouldn't let him in because they didn't believe him and stuff. And then like there was a big fight and Forrest Griffin like likes Cam and Forrest Griffin jumped in and nearly started fighting bouncers on Cam's behalf. It was a big brouhaha. Cam comes in like limping up the steps i'm on the mic and i'm all like cam stewart twisted his ankle everybody but he's tougher it up and here he is cam got like a like a like a, a veteran's return people were like cam 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 <laughs> cam like limps up to the podium in the stage like you know he's really injured and stuff <laughs> and- and I'm so I'm like so Cam I'm like you know so I sort of say to him I'm like so what happened you know you stay stay in the room buddy you know get some rest he goes I was at the room I was getting some rest and then but then the thing is all right so Cam doesn't say anything Cam just goes yeah I said so what happened you stayed at the room he goes well yeah I I for yeah and he sort of trailed off he goes yeah I was at the room but he was at the room right but then Cam we're talking about the UFC and Cam starts jumping in Cam's like. Oh, yeah, that fight was good, man. I saw that. He's like, oh, yeah, I I saw that one. He goes, I didn't see it all, but I saw that one. So I'm like to Cam, I'm like, Cam, how did you see the fights if you were in a hotel room? He's like, he's like, wow. wow. you know, they had it on at the casino. And, you know, I figured I'd just stop in at the casino and right, right back to the arena. But I got caught up at the casino. And the casino and the arena are nowhere near each other in Montreal. He's like, I, I you know I was going to go to the arena. I just going to went to the casino quick first. I was going to go to the arena, uh, but I went to <laughs> the casino. And so Cam knows, like, I'm like, how does he know what happened in all these fights, right, if he didn't see the fights? Cam's not on the stream and stuff, right? No, no, they had the fight on at the casino, <laughs> on the screens at the casino because it was like George St. Pierre and stuff, and uh, so yeah, it was too much Cam. So, yeah, Cam, Cam went to the casino, after twisting his ankle looking at store <laughs> Great it was a great uh, that's that was the Herb Dean night. Yeah, that was uh, that that was that was the Herb Dean night. That was a good uh, good time. We used to have some wild nights uh, with UFC fighters. Speaking of which, Cotter and Dustin Poirier is now official. Uh it's now official. Cotter's a big favorite uh in this fight and I tell you what, I think Poirier's got a good chance of beating him. Poirier's is a better fighter now than he was when they first fought. And I don't know how much better Connor is. You know, I don't know. I don't think Connor really cares about the UFC, to be honest with you. He's an entertainer more than a fighter. And Poirier, Poirier's going to be out for revenge. Or we'll see. I don't know. Is Connor interested and gonna string together a bunch of wins? You know, it's it's an interesting fight, it's an interesting dynamic. I hope that Conor McGregor, and I tell you what, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get the douchebag troll Conor McGregor. But I always, you know, I, uh, we could be wrong. That's that's saying something. Only because, I don't know, him and Poirier seemingly have been pretty respectful of each other. And I think Conor hates the company now more than he does the fighters. Late night anger management class continues for him.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Marekse. My name's
1: Bobby and I am an addict. Hey,
0: Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby.
1: You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better at
0: it. Late Night anger Management class continues. I am Renzi throwing it down. All right, I understand George Kurtz will not be joining us. (laughs) Will not be joining us uh, this evening. It looks like it's just you and me uh, tonight. On a late night anger management class. And I tell you what, when it's just me, the levels of rage begin to rise. (laughs) They begin to rise. Uh, So, yeah, we do have a lot of stuff uh, to get to uh, here this evening. Uh, The Rams victorious uh, tonight, a dangerous football team. The Rams check in right now at 12 to 1. 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City, 3 to 1. Pittsburgh, plus 550. New Orleans, plus 650. Uh, Seattle 11 to 1, Green Bay Packers 12 to 1. The Rams are 12 to 1. Like, put it this way I trust, and look, the, the Buccaneers are 12 to 1. We just saw the Rams beat the Buccaneers. The Rams are a better football team than the Bucs are, all right? So they're better than the Bucs. To me, the Rams are better than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are inconsistent. The Rams are better than the Packers. Um, the Rams, I think, are better than the Seahawks. They just beat the Seahawks last week as well. So basically, I think it comes down to the to the Saints, and I can't say that the Rams are better than the Saints. The Saints are the best team in the NFC, and it's crazy. Bang on, Paul Bovey was, wasn't he, about a month ago when we were talking about it, and I think there was many of you in our chat at the time, oh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees doesn't have a strong arm. <clears throat> yeah, doesn't have a strong arm. Yeah, well, neither is Taysom Hill, and, you know, they're 8-2 right now. All right, old strong arm stuff, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Kansas City are tough to beat, but they're not invincible. They're not invincible. The thing with KC is you need to bury their ass. You need to bury them. Like last year, San Francisco had them on the ropes. They were up late, and they got sloppy. They got sloppy in the fourth quarter. You need to bury the Chiefs when you have the chance. And, you know, the Raiders didn't do that last night. So, Chiefs are still the Super Bowl favorites, plus 300. We'll get into the the futures, make the playoff odds, uh, line shack, head more, level two. Bend your rage, it.